You're listening to The Grits Blitz, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Grits Blitz. This is Mikey Puckett doing a little Super Bowl preview for you guys. Uh, like always, Super Bowl season always brings a little bit of heartbreak to me as you do have to remember what took place in Super Bowl 51 with the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. Something unthinkable happened where a 28-3 to lead was blown. So... One of the reasons why it's worth talking about this at the beginning is because our homeboy Kyle Shanahan is bringing the heat with the San Francisco 49ers, leading to them to a 13-3 season with Jimmy G um, behind the running backs of Mostert and uh, and Coleman and 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 uh, Breda, and 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 here they are in the Super Bowl, a team that has. Uh, surprisingly lived behind a rushing attack in the playoffs. Uh, they've stayed far away from utilizing the arm of Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, And then on the other side, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Andy Reid, and he has a team that uh, really lives and dies by the air, and, and with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and um, some uh, phenomenal athletes like Travis Kelsey as well. Uh, we see that Patrick Mahomes is also pretty healthy right now. He can throw it right now, and uh, obviously when things don't look great, he brings another element to the game with his feet, and I think that is a huge issue um, for the San Francisco um, 49ers. One of their loss this season was to the Seattle Seahawks, who has a similar quarterback in Russell Wilson, who uses his legs uh, to make plays happen, and I think that is going to happen frequently um, with the Kansas City Chiefs in this football game. So let's just begin with coaching from the beginning. You have Kyle Shanahan, young guy, Andy Reid, legend. Um, both have been in Super Bowls before. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan won with his dad. I think there's even a picture floating around of him holding the uh, the, the cord attached to the headphones for his father um, in the Super Bowl. Um, and also... Kyle Shanahan was there in Super Bowl 51 with the Atlanta Falcons as the offensive coordinator. So he has had his moments in Super Bowls. A lot of times, in a lot of media, and a lot of Falcons fans, has they have blamed Kyle Shanahan for the results that happened in that Super Bowl. And yes, he is part of that Super Bowl collapse. But remember, it was a 28-3 lead at the end of close to the end of the third quarter. That's 28 points placed on the board in the third quarter. That is enough points to win a football game. His offense had performed such a task. I think Dan Quinn should receive a lot more criticism for the defensive collapse that took place for a team to be able to score um, 25-plus points in a... I don't know, 16-minute, 17-minute window. Um, obviously, one of the touchdowns was off, was you know, off a you know strip sack, and um, and so you have, you know, 
bad field position, and, and, and it's not like Kyle Shanahan helped the defense. But at the same time, if your defense could show a backbone in that game, the odds of winning increased significantly, and they didn't, and they collapsed. So Kyle is a is has and I I actually think he has been blamed fully for that collapse in national media, and I don't really think he deserves the full blame. I think he deserves thirty nine percent of the blame. I think the rest should be on Dan Quinn, and I think unfortunately Dan Quinn has escaped that criticism. He does get it, but has escaped that criticism because Kyle Shanahan left the next year. And, um, and Steve Sarkeesian came in as well. And we saw how that went with the Steve Sarkeesian era, era and now we have the Dirk Cutter era under Dane Quinn. So anyways, all that to say is that San Francisco is, is it, it seems that it is pretty apparent that Kyle Shanahan is the real deal. And he's not going anywhere for a long time. And he's going to be doing this a lot in the future. Um, he, is a, he is a good football coach. And heck, that NFC Championship game, that's LaFleur with the Packers and Shanahan, both on that staff with the Atlanta Falcons and Super Bowl 51. So there you go. Those two guys are going to be around LaFleur and Shanahan, two great guys. Wish we could have kept them around a little longer, and uh, we probably would have maybe snagged a Super Bowl win. Um, I think I think we could have um, probably been able to pull that off um, if Shanahan would have stayed maybe a few more years, even you know another year or two. So. Anyway, so the San Francisco 49ers coaching-wise has a, a brilliant mind, Kyle Shanahan, who has been leaning, though, on the running game, um, which has not necessarily um, been an M.O. Kyle leans a lot on speed and a lot on motion. He loves to put guys in motion. This is what I love about his offense. This is what our offense fails to do. He puts guys in motion to see and to reveal what the defense is doing, and, and they do this kind of, they, they bring multiple guys in motion, they move them around and shift them around. And, and basically what is revealed in doing so is, um, is what is the coverage? Are they in man? Are they in zone? Are they, are they you know, is, the safe, is there a blitz um, set up? And then what it does too is it also gives you an advantage because it gives you an opportunity to position linebackers and defense alignment just a little bit. Like a little bit. I mean, these guys line up, but the potential for them to line up and misalign with motion plays increases. And that's really all you need to set up some running lanes. You bring guys in motion. Um, you come out in a set with trips. One um, trips, you know, to the right, single to the left, and then a, a single back. And, and, and then you start bringing some motion with the tight ends and things like that. And then all of a sudden, you've got some running lanes open up just pre-snap. You're creating advantages with numbers and blocking schemes and, 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 and an ability for a running back to be able to make one cut and, and pick up three to four yards just, just alone behind coaching um, and setting that play up um, and through what Kyle Shanahan does. Kyle Shanahan does a brilliant job at keeping you on a 50-50 guess on run-pass options um, plays. So you're, you, you at 50-50, a lot of times you have to sit in that tension as a defense of thinking this could be a run or this can be a pass. And that's because they're successful on first down uh, with the running attack and with what they do. And, and this is this is something that I've loved about Kyle Shanahan is he doesn't, he does not, um, he does a very good job at staying unpredictable and taking advantage of misalignments and taking advantage of using, using you know, the tight end, specifically Kittle. So when you get a guy like George Kittle, lined up on a linebacker with his size and his speed 
you have mismatches with linebackers who can be a little shorter, who can't maybe have the speed, but they don't have the coverage skills. And Kittle is like a wide receiver with the body, you know, Gronkowski, and he's a freak. And he and it's proven he's he's the top. Actually, him and Kelsey are the top two tight ends in the league. And I think that's saying something about what offenses really need in the NFL right now. And what it is is is, is having a tight end that can uh, make plays with you through the air. But the other thing is, is it's a tight end that can block. Kittle blocks, and he's decent, really good at blocking. So so can Kelsey. And so this is this is something unique that about George Kittle is is you can when he lines up on the line, he's going out for a pass, or he's making a block, or he's throwing a chip, throwing an elbow, uh, which can which can you know offset a blitz and things like that. And I think that's also one of the reasons why they've been able to run the football so well is because of a tight end that is that versatile. A lot of tight ends in the league, uh, they're really wide receivers, and when they line up on the line, you don't really have to be concerned with their blocking ability. But George Kittle has shown that he has an ability um, to make blocks. I think he is really a secret weapon. Not actually a secret weapon. He is a, a, a well-known weapon. And I think if Kansas City can key on that and be able to shut the Kittle um, plays down, put Garoppolo even more in a uncomfortable situation, they could stifle the offense, but I I really think the Niners are going to come out and, and they're going to get points on the board quick and early. Um, that is a trademark of of Shanahan. So there you go. Now, the Kansas City defense, let's just talk about this. They have played great against the run in the playoffs. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans, a running juggernaut, very similar to how the 49ers have made a run in the playoffs, the Tennessee Titans. And what a tune-up game for them uh, to play against the Titans and then come in and play against, you know, Jimmy G and Moster and Coleman. I mean, I mean, you got you got this. You got a setup here. They they've seen, you know, Derrick Henry. Now, the Titans, I mean, that's a very physical football team and they were able to um, after the first quarter really stifle the Tennessee Titans and, and and solve some of the the issues that they were having in the run game and and they played well against the run game. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs have an advantage in the sense that they have played against Travis Kelsey all year. I mean, Kelsey and Kittle, same dudes, playing in the league, very good, very talented, and because they've had the opportunity to play against Kelsey week in and week out, I think they're one of the better defenses against tight end play. And so are the 49ers. And I think that's partially because you've got Kelsey and Kittle on your, on your sidelines on offense playing. When you go ones-on-ones, you, you got these guys playing against each other. And so they figured out how to stop him. I think that advantages to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on defense. If they can figure out a way to keep Kittle from making some big impact plays, keep him under 70 yards maybe, they have a legit shot at really winning this football game. And I think that's kind of what's necessary is shutting down Kittle and making sure that when you get an opportunity to tackle, because Shanahan's going to put you in opportunities where if you miss a tackle, he's going to create running lanes before the snap that are going to result in big yards. And if you can commit and make some tackles, I think you can can really uh, make something. But here's the thing. Shanahan's going to have a script coming out. And it's going to be pretty hard to stop. And and I I do think that they'll probably be able to put some points up quick. The question is, is Kansas City going to come out and sleepwalk like they've been sleepwalking 
in you know first quarters? Are they going to come out and uh, and just get punched in the face real? And, and it depends how hard the punch is. If the 49ers punch really hard and they extend to like a 20 point lead or 17 point lead or 14 point lead even in a first quarter, I don't and you can't count the Chiefs out. But the the thing is is you, we're we're gonna have an awesome Super Bowl finish. Because uh, the Chiefs will come out, and, and what the 49ers are going to do, they're going to they're take possessions away from Kansas City with the run game, and so and that will be interesting to see. Can Kansas City be perfect in the first quarter and take advantage and stay within a ten point? I think because I think the 49ers they're going to front run and, and hit you in the face. Now the 49ers defense is insane. Uh, that is an incredible defense much better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I really do think at the beginning, in the first quarter, we're going to see a 49ers team pounce. And I think that they will take, you know, a 10-plus point lead, potentially. Um, I think it could be even up to 14 at some point, And it can look real rocky for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, here's the thing, though, is Andy Reid... And now we move over to the coaching with Andy Reid in Kansas City on offense. Is he is going to take the top off the defense? They're going to. They will connect. They're going to get those. Play, they're going to get a few of those plays. If 49ers can limit with Richard Sherman, who is playing elite level of play, if he can, if that experience in the Super Bowl comes through, they could. Uh, if they can steal two of those plays, big plays. Just big 40-yard, 50-yard chunks, just dimes by Mahomes. If they can steal maybe a drop or anything like that, that happens two or three of those plays, I think, I think, because the potential is Kansas City come out and connect on a, you know, five, five or more of those plays and, and really run away with this game. But if you steal a few of those, which I think they can with Richard Sherman for sure, and be able to uh, steal those plays, they'll be able to uh, stay uh, tat for tat. Um, with with the with the with the Kansas City Chiefs offense, because really they're just gonna. I think Mahomes, they're gonna lean on him, and they're gonna lean on his playmaking ability and Kelsey, and you know Tyreek Hill and and all those guys out there, and um and they're just gonna come out. And they're gonna air raid you, and and that's what they're gonna do. You're, I don't really think, I would really like to see the um, Chiefs come out and just be like, we're not running the football. We are just nope, not doing it. We're going to throw. And our running attack will be through Mahomes breaking the pocket and taking off. If Mahomes can break the top pocket and scramble and create positive plays that could be negative plays, that is normal. Because you think about you know the 49ers, you know, and and they're, you know, you, you the last game they played was against Aaron Rodgers. That guy does take off every now and then, but the the teams that have given them a hard time it, it was the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. And Matt Ryan. So don't forget, the 49ers' last loss was against the Atlanta Falcons. So there we go. A little, little throw, throw in for you. Um, but I, I do think um, if Patrick Mahomes is able to escape and to make plays with his feet, I think he, the 49ers can be caught scrambling. So I predict first quarter come out, uh, you know, throw up a field goal for the you know Chiefs, 3-0, you know, 3-0 maybe or something. They get three. And I think, you know, Niners come out, score, score, 14-3. You know, going into the second quarter, I think, you know, maybe the 49ers, you know, sneak in a field goal, um, 17-3, and then, uh, boom, touchdown Kansas City in the second quarter, we're, we're 10-17, 
going to halftime. And then my favorite part of all Super Bowls is the second half because really it's it's when all the all the cards are on the table and everything comes out. Adjustments have been made. Teams, it really doesn't they've adjusted to the moment. And so and, and this is one of the things that is great about the Super Bowl is both teams haven't been in recent history. And so these guys, for the most part, aren't adjusted to the moment. So coming out, I mean, I think that's why it's got a recipe for a great game. I think coming out in the third quarter, Chiefs get the score. They tie this thing up. It's 17-17, third quarter, baby. And we are on a roll. I think, uh, you know, Niners maybe get sneak another touchdown in there, 24 in the third quarter, you know, you know, Mahomes gets another one. We got 24-24 going into the fourth quarter. And then we it's getting good. It's getting good. We got, you know, another touchdown, 31. You know, Mahomes. Um, and and uh, we got a field goal for the 49ers, 27-31. Um, you know, and then uh, then we got homeboy. Um, homeboy uh, Mahomes uh, getting us, you know, another field goal or something. And it's like a 31-34-37, you know, kind of in that range. If I would love to see a Super Bowl where it's, you know, we're in the 30s scoring-wise um, in the fourth quarter. Now, if the 49ers can steal possessions from the Kansas City Chiefs and to the point where the Chiefs are in the fourth quarter and they've stolen a few possessions either through turnovers or through just possessing the football, that is going to advantage the 49ers. The Chiefs need to, need to figure out how to keep the 49ers three and out and to keep the possession game going because – the big battle for them is playing against this defense, against their offense. If you're playing against a good defense, you got to be consistent. You got to do things right, and you got to wear them out down the stretch. Down the stretch, you got to keep. And, and the way you can wear good defenses out is with a quarterback that is elite and can run. Wear them out. Convert first downs that you shouldn't be able to convert because he has good feet. Make plays. Take opportunities, and and you're neck and neck. I, I'm leaning. <laughs> against and I love taking defenses and saying defenses win champions you know championships I, I agree but man I just I think just a part of me just wants to see Kansas City win and, and win the Super Bowl I, it might be a bias towards the 49ers I think maybe because the 49ers eliminated us with Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs and I just kind of have a, a bitterness I have no hate towards Shanahan um, I'm, I'm for that dude wish he would come back wish he would actually you know quit Quit with San Fran and just come coach our team. Uh, that would be great. Um, but I think I, I think I just kind of want to. I, I really like watching Patrick Mahomes. I enjoy it. I kind of want to see him uh, win it all. Um, I think this game is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think that there's a team that's going to run away with it. I think there could be. I think an I think there could be. If there is going to be a running away with it, I think at the beginning a running away of it. I think it'll be the 49ers because I think they'll be locked in and sharp. And front run, I think the Chiefs could sleepwalk a little bit. If they sleepwalk, I don't. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, it's kind of their personality as a team is kind of feel it out and then figure it out and then and then make it happen. It seems that, and, and that's what makes them special is, is they kind of they feel it out, they see what it looks like, what's happening, and then they have full confidence that they can make it happen. And so far, they've made it happen. It'll be interesting to see uh, 49ers as they uh, they maybe have to wrestle against this kind of offense and this kind of firepower, especially with Travis Kelsey, who, you know, is is the second second or first, you know, depending on who you ask, tight end in the league right here. Um, and so they'll be facing against a guy right there that um, is going to be is going to be trouble. So I am 
I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to watching it. I really wish the Falcons were in it. Um, and so I just want to transition to a little bit of the conversation of will the Falcons be in the Super Bowl anytime soon? And unfortunately, I don't know if they can be in the playoffs next year. Because here's the thing. Dan Quinn, I, would, I didn't think he should be fired. I mean, I think he deserved to be fired, but I wasn't on the necessary, the boat of, like, let's fire this guy. Uh, and I wasn't jumping on it. I, I, I think he's, I do think he's a good CEO coach. I think he, the players love him, play for him, um, and they work hard for him. I, I think he has a way of building a culture. I think he's building that culture there. I think teams want to come play in Atlanta, and I love that. And I want guys that have talent to be like Atlanta would be a place where I would want to land. And I think that's partially because of Dan Quinn, definitely because of Matt Ryan and Julio and what they're doing. Now here's where I have a little bit of a problem. Is you know I'm glad you know I had I didn't feel anything when they retained him. I was like, that's fine, that's great. Let's see what he does in the off season with his coaching staff. The keeping of Dirt Cutter is just annoying. Like, why are we giving Cutter and Sarkeesian two years? And and I hope I eat my words. I hope that next year that I'm completely wrong. The Dirt Cutter offense is actually. You know, cutting edge, new age. We've never seen anything like it. Teams can't defend it. It's unpredictable. It's just Matt Ryan was bowling it down because he couldn't figure it out. Freeman couldn't figure it out. They're all learning again. They couldn't figure it out as a team and click. So he had to. And actually, the playbook opens up this offseason with them, and they come out, and it is just incredible. But the, here's the thing is I don't think that's the case. I saw him play for the Buccaneers and head coach for the Buccaneers and call plays for the Buccaneers, and it was terrible. It was horrific. It was, it was sadly, um, it was cowardice. I mean, and that's kind of the way games are called for us. We have playmakers who can make plays, and we don't figure out creative and smart ways to create matchups that set us. Because really, the NFL is about matchups. Everyone is phenomenal athletes. You can't just line up in your basic set and think that you are going to man for man be able to just just random play. You got to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Anything you can do before the snap is is made pre snapping. Anything you can do, even in formation setups, even in just the little details in the NFL, go such a long way against with talent, with, with talented players and against talented players, and then you 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 figure out. Who's in that, you know, and, and, and you learn what the other team's doing and what they have on the field and you take advantage of it and you put them in a position that's uncomfortable. We don't do that. The Atlanta Falcons on offense come out and they play the same offense that they play against every single team. There is very little nuance. And the, and the results show. It's average. Just average. It's average with the best wide receiver in the league. It's average with an offensive line that I don't think is as bad as as as, as it looked this year. And I think that is a big reason why. If we can't get a run game going next year, like, I, I don't know what we were averaging. It felt like 30 yards a game. If you can't rush for 75-plus yards a game, same season, it's it's insane that we can't we can't create... It, it, what was so funny was, is we're actually we 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 run the ball a ton, and, and, and 
at the beginning of games, get behind and throw it like crazy at the end because it's just desperation. It's terrible. It's 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 terrible reactionary coaching where you where the other team forces you to change instead of you coming out and forcing them to change and get uncomfortable. It's very bad coaching. And defensively, I think it will get better next year. Uh, and I think that's why we could be – I think we will be a better team next year. I think our division slumps a little bit more next year. I think the Panthers, people are predicting them to be – with Matt, with this rule guy, not year one, okay? Remember, Cam Newton's still on that team, and, and that, that is a difficult um, – will be a difficult road for them, especially Keekly. Keekly, sorry, uh, taking taking his talents away, and then, but they do have McCaffrey. That guy's insane. And then you got the Bucks with the weird relationship they have with Jameis and Mike Evans. Is does he care? Does he not? Do they have an offensive line? I don't think so. And as long as they're in the same situation, as long as they can't run the football, yeah, we'll we'll see them at the end of the season. And we'll be in overtime again because it's going to be the suck bowl. That's literally what it is. And then. Um, and then you got the Saints, and I think the Saints will probably actually step a few, take a step or two back because uh, it's pretty clear that uh, I don't know if uh, the longevity with Drew Brees is. I think he's he's kind of in the slumping slumping side of things, um, and I love that guy, great quarterback, um, awesome quarterback, awesome talent. So because of the retaining of Cutter, it's frustrating, but because our division seems to be floundering a little bit i think we could win it i don't think we could make the playoffs next year as a nine win team because our, our division seems to be a little floundering um as well we could potentially win it if we can play if defense can be elite so who do we get in the draft i don't know i would love to see a defensive lineman come off um someone who uh who can really get us a pass rush because as long as we don't have a pass rush uh doesn't matter who you have in secondary and that linebacker because uh, you got NFL talent, court, talented quarterbacks, no matter who they are, if they have time, they are in the NFL for a reason, and they make plays. So that's the way it is. So a little longer than I thought it would be, but just a little thoughts right there. Um, let's, a little prediction. Okay, so I'm going to take, because I want the Chiefs, this is 50-50. I really think it's 50-50, but because I want the Chiefs to win, I'm going to take them winning. I want to say 37 34 now, I'll say 37-31. Chiefs win. Chiefs win. It could be, and this is what it could be, is like, you know, it's, you know, 30, you know, 30 to 31. You know, the Chiefs score at the end. I don't know what it could be, but I hope it's awesome. I hope we have a great one. So, hey, and I hope I hope the, you know, San Francisco 49ers or the Kansas City Chiefs blow a 26-point lead. All right? We can all hope for that together, that there will be a greater comeback in the history of the NFL. But until then, we own it. So embrace it. It's ours to own, and I'm sure it'll be talked about. So I'm with you guys. Love you guys. Um, Take care. Thank you for listening to the Grits Blitz. We love our listeners, and we love that you guys have chosen uh, to follow us and to uh, listen to this podcast. We know that you guys have many choices to make when you want to listen to a podcast and so thank you so much for picking us um, and, and we value that and we love you guys uh, for that 
Um, but one thing we do need help with is is getting some reviews on our podcast as we try to grow the show. So if if you feel led to, and if you feel like we have deserved it, don't give it to us if we haven't deserved it. But if we if you feel like we deserve it, could you give us a five star review um, and, and give us a five star review with a comment on on what you liked about the show, and that would be incredible as we look to the future and look to grow this show and uh, and hopefully um, and make it bigger and bigger over the years. So thankful for you guys and, and, and we love you guys.